0: following was produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated in Memphis, Tennessee.
1: Hello, my name is Rick Cheddar, and this is From Radioland. Greetings, salutations, hello, hey, how's it going? Welcome to another episode from Radioland, from the home office in Memphis, Tennessee. This is episode 386. All right. To be fair, theoretically, this should be 387. For the first time in seven and a half years, I did not put out an episode last week. Um, I've missed it by a day or so, and I could have put it up probably all week last week. But you know what? I decided no, I needed a break from it, and so I took I took a week. I took it. There was a lot of things that happened. Uh, this show is usually produced on Sundays, like it is right now. And then the interview part of it is done on another date, and I just put it all together, and I do this part and the other part, and there it's on Sunday, and blah 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 blah, and, and then there's a show. <laughs> but last week, <laughs> I I literally ran out of time. I had so much going on uh, off the air, and then of course the Sunday show over at the, over at the Radio Memphis, the Booze and Blues that happens. I've got a, I've got another big show tonight. Donna Natalie and I and Mark have a uh, have another big show. Uh, Booker Brown. It depends on when you hear this, though. I mean, if you're listening to this on Radio Memphis and it's Wednesday night, Thursday morning, yeah, man, you've already missed the boat. <laughs> that's I try, try not to even mention it that often, but that's just it. I'm just trying to give you an idea of what my day is like. You know, for a lot of people, Mondays are usually their busiest day on their job because, you know, they're back from the weekend and they're trying to pick up where they left off on the Friday and blah, 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 and trying to get all this done. And a lot of people go, I hate Monday because they hate their job. They were, t- they were, they were plenty happy being at home. See for me, um, it's exactly the opposite of that. I you know Mondays are fine. I have no I like it's a a bit of a hard turnaround depending on how late I am on the on the air Sunday night, and then come back and do a Monday morning show. Which you know you just suck it up and do it. But it's a good time. Sundays are for me rather busy. uh, Consequently, and it's all Radio Memphis stuff. And there's this show, and then there's the blues show, and there's a lot of prep that goes into that. And uh, I try and. and, (laughs) I would say there's some prep that goes into this, but I'd be kind of lying. Uh, This part is completely improv. It's just, it's improvisational here. (laughs) No real thought goes into this. In fact, a lot of times I don't even know what I'm going to say until I start, you know, start recording. So, uh, so there's that. But last week, things just got out of hand. The wife and I had a bunch of errands that needed to be taken care of. Uh, we have a we have a standing uh, deal. Every Sunday we go and have brunch somewhere, and we went to this one place, and it was delicious and stuff. And while we were out, we had to make a bunch of stops, and we had a lot of places to go along the way, and uh, thus we did. And by the time I got back to the house, I thought, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna force my Sunday to be completely harried. You know, I don't want it to be rushed about anything, and it was. Uh, it's like, uh no? Let's just let it slide. And the wife was like, "You're gonna put one out tomorrow?" And I said, "Probably not. I, I just let's let's take a. This would be a, a fine experiment." <laughs> and just as I suspected, um, there was there was a couple of folks that went, "Hey man, where's the show? You know, we didn't get the show, man. Uh, we were sitting here waiting on it, and it didn't come." Sorry, bro. Uh, it's been a busy week. Also, I mean, it was a busy week too around Radio Memphis because you know the heavyweight chubbs started their new afternoon show two to f- uh, two to two to four two to six p.m. Monday through Thursday. That all started last week, and and I've been working with those guys trying to get all that's all that up and running. I mean, there's been a lot on my plate, so I took a day. And you know what? Sue me. <laughs> I, just, I know none of y'all are paying for any of this. This isn't, a, this isn't a thing, you know. It's it's what it it's it's what it's whatever it is you're doing, you know. So uh, I appreciate you uh, tuning in. We have a uh, uh, we have a cool show coming up here in just a uh, just a moment. Uh, a great guitar player. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's become a new friend of Radio Memphis. He's he lives in Olympia, Washington. That's uh, up in the Northwest. For those of you who are uh, geographically impaired. But he does spend quite a bit of time down around these parts in Memphis and in uh, Clarksdale and things like that. And David and I, LJ, I should say, co-host of Radio Memphis in the Morning, he and I had a conversation with him during, uh, during a nooner uh, that we had at one point. And uh, Clint was on the phone, Clint Morgan. And he's got a brand new record called Troublemaker. I believe it is out now. You're going to hear a couple of cuts off of that in a conversation with Clint about everything from songwriting to just seeing what it's like to be Clint Morgan. So, so yeah, that's, what's coming up. We'll pause here. We'll be right back up after this very brief break and we'll hear from Clint Morgan right here from Radio Land
2: attention real estate investors do you need cash immediately if you own one or multiple rental properties you can use your equity to get cash out fast the best part is we don't need tax returns or even a good credit score at america's loan source we are not a bank and we don't have bank rules we make the decisions to loan you money and there's no limit how much we can give you Some clients have gotten as much as $500,000 or more within days. Use the money any way you want. If you own one rental property or a hundred and COVID has left you in a cash crunch, we can help you turn your equity into fast cash. Call now for details and close in as little as 10 days and get the cash you need. 800-905-7186 800-905-7186 800-905-7186 That's 800-905-7186 We are
1: going to be uh uh having a chat here and playing some new music for you here in the middle of the day right uh, yeah clint howard is a uh musician out of uh, washington state he is uh he's also no stranger to this uh this neck of the woods as he's done some work down in clarksdale off and on through the years and uh, he's got a brand new record called troublemaker and he's uh, joining us by telephone to uh have a chat about that and play some tunes clint how you doing sir Hey guys, doing well. Hey, good to hear from you. Thanks, uh, thanks for taking some time in the middle of the day to have a chat. Yeah,
3: thanks for having me
1: on. How's everything up in Washington?
3: Uh, you know, it's 75-80 uh, degrees, beautiful summer in the Northwest.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> it's it's balmy like a hundred, and, it's like balmy in a 100 Yeah, or It's like nasty here, man. Yeah. Uh, it's it's crazy. I guess you managed to escape that big heat wave that was happening up there.
3: I did not. I was right in the middle of it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was the worst we'd ever seen. Gosh, 111 in Seattle or whatever. It's like, what? wow, that's never
1: happened. No. No, that's crazy, man.
3: Yeah. Three, it, was, it was a long weekend. A lot of people here didn't have air conditioning, so it was tough on them.
1: Oh, God. It was kind of feeling a little bit like down here.
3: Yeah. That's why I love the south, but I, I can't the summers just kill me. It's like,
1: oh my gosh. And they're getting worse down here too, man. Is that
3: right? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. It seems to be creeping
1: yeah. up in temperatures. Yeah, but we're sort of sort of used to it. there's a running gag amongst people that, that move here from elsewhere and they refer to Memphians as memphibians. <laughs> because of the, well, the first time
3: I came to Memphis I got out of my
1: car and my glasses fogged up. Oh like, yes, yes. That? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's you just sort of get used to it. You break a sweat in the shower here. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you do. You do. <laughs> but that's uh, but um, so troublemaker is what is this is your th- is this your third record is that right yeah third one right on uh, was this one of those pandemic projects
3: uh you know I guess I mean I was kind of working on it over a couple of years actually and kind of writing some tunes and stuff would come to me and I'd write it and and then the pandemic afforded some opportunities because there was a lot of great musicians that weren't out on the road or anything and so uh, they're available to to play in the on the record so I guess it kind of was a had project? Yeah.
1: Well, you've got uh, certainly the availability of some of the cats you got on this record. certainly Oh my didn't god! Hurt yeah, at yeah. all.
3: Yeah, lucky that way.
1: Well, I, I saw the name Kinky Friedman come up. I know. I wanted to ask about that.
3: Well, Kinky's an old friend of mine. I've known him for fifteen years or so, and so um, I uh, I I played my t- uh, the, the, I, I played I wrote that song and recorded on my first record, and I, I thought, gosh, you know, this would be a great song for Kinky. So I played it for me. and he said, heck yeah, let's do it. So I flew down to uh, Texas where he lives. And we uh, went to a, a studio and, uh, and did that thing in uh, one afternoon. So yeah, it was fun.
1: Wow, yeah, both of us being from Texas are well aware of Kinky.
3: Oh, where are you guys from?
1: And uh, I'm from the Galveston, Houston area. Okay. I, uh, I grew up in uh, San Antonio.
3: Oh, okay. And I have family With in and John around Richardson Austin. The place. He's from Houston. Yeah. Who? John Del Toro Richardson, he plays a guitar. He sings it on that uh, Hurricane Harvey tune with me.
1: Oh, okay. He's
3: a, yeah, he's from Houston.
1: You know, there's another... I, you're a piano player. Yeah. And uh, there's a good friend of mine from Houston. I wondered if you knew him. Uh, Ezra Charles.
3: I do
1: not. Oh, okay. I'll have to tell you about him. He, he uh, We'll talk off the air about him. He's, he's cool. kind okay. of an interesting cat. I ought to hook you up with him. Yeah, uh, your background is uh, kind of boogie woogie, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Well, you
3: know, I'm a church kid, so I guess that my my roots background is gospel stuff, of course. Like you know, a lot of us, and right, so right. Um, but yeah, I'm a boogie woogie guy, blues guy.
1: Yeah. So how do you go from gospel to that with a straight well, you know, face? It's the same thing, man. Well, I it's guess it's different. With a straight face, yeah. With a straight face. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, though, that's a thing, you know. There, uh, you know, music had leaked itself out of the church into, you know. Secular. I mean, well, Charles made a career out of it. Oh, that's right.
3: He changed God to baby, and, and, and <laughs> made a bunch of money.
1: That's right. That's, that's the that's only right. lyrical change you have to make. <laughs> change God to baby.
3: <laughs> well, well I mean, always say, you know, you know, uh, Jerry Lee and Swaggert are first cousins. If you listen to them play the piano, they sound exactly alike.
1: That's, that's <laughs> actually quite true. Yes, same, it is. You know? Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> more true yeah. than I think a lot of people <laughs> well, would, admit, would realize. But, right. Right. <laughs> but that's yeah. that's the way it is. Yeah. Um, now I understand that you you do come back around these parts quite a bit though. You're part of the Pine Top Perkins uh, group. Yeah,
3: I'm on, I'm on the board of the Pine Top Foundation, so oh, you know far. I'm done. and I'm done with I've got a place in Memphis. Oh, okay. So, um, I've got a a place down there on South Main.
1: Oh, yeah. And so,
3: yeah. And so I, uh, I, you know, I love Memphis, and so I'm, I'm down there as often as I can get there, and so. Um, yeah, I, don't, I try to avoid it in the summer.
1: Right, <laughs> well, right. Although this year, you might have a different change of plans if it's 100 and something degrees up there.
3: Yeah, I know. Well, that was just a weekend. Of, no, it was just a weekend. I'm was... it was just an
1: anomaly, but we'll see. Uh, hope, right, Ho- hopefully Ryan. so. Yeah, well, um, I don't know. Some of the musicians you have on here, uh, you've got uh, uh, Kevin McKendry, who worked with uh, Brian Setzer and Delbert McClinton. Uh, Delbert yep. being another Texas the Texan guy, guy. yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. he's just
3: coming off of his uh, Grammy win with that last record on Delbert last uh, last year.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Doug Lancio, who played with John Hyatt and Patty Griffin. Yep. Uh, David Santos, we mentioned. I did not realize he had played with John Fogerty. Yep. Oh wow! Uh, Kenneth Blevins, who also played with John Hyatt and Don Williams, you've just been—you've been poaching musicians. Yeah, off John Hyatt.
4: I know, man. <laughs> last
3: last record, I had uh, Marty Stewart's band. I had uh, oh. Kenny Vaughn and the you know the guys that played with Marty Stewart, and I had Dave Rowe as Cash, uh, Johnny Cash's uh, bass player. So I, wow. out on, I, I, I get lucky on my musicians, I guess. I don't know.
4: Wow. Yeah, I, think,
3: I think if they like the material, they'll do it. You know. So. Uh,
1: well, that's you know that's half the battle right there. You right, got to make sure right. somebody likes what you what you're doing.
3: Yeah, yeah, and I and it's kind of funny because I always play piano on my own on my own records. But you with with Kevin, you got one of the best piano players on the planet for our kind of music. And so I thought, gosh, so I just laid back and played, just played on a couple of tunes on this one, let him do his thing. Because you know that was part of the deal. If he's going to produce it, he, he'll play piano too. And I think you know what, I'm not going to screw this up. Right, right. No, <laughs>
1: hey, so, there's yeah. You don't want to add any more pressure on yourself. No, no.
3: no. Well, she's one of the best ever. I'm not gonna. I mean, I was lucky to have him.
1: Some of the stuff you do is, I guess, I don't know, parody may be too strong of a word, but there's some humor in there, yeah, as well as some serious stuff too. So it's it's as if you're having some real fun with the latitude of which way you're going with the music.
3: Well, I try to. I mean, uh, you know, John Richardson laughs and says, "What are you trying to be, the Ray Stevens of the blues?" I said, "No." <laughs> But uh, <laughs> stuff comes to you, you know, and it's, I, think it, I think it's funny. I'll stick it in there. Um, but I don't know. Some of it's funny, some of it's not. So I don't know.
1: Well, yeah, if you're working with Kinky and then, you know, of course, Watermelon Slim, who's got a very delightful sense of humor himself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Slim's a character. Oh, <laughs> that, 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 yeah. that he is. Um, yeah. We wish you were in town. Uh, we'd love to have you down here uh, yeah, man. sometime to come play in our studio.
3: Hey, that'd be great. Maybe uh, we can set something up next time I'm down. Yeah, we'll,
1: we'll get with Mark and we'll work. We'll work something up and come yeah, in on a yeah. Sunday night. We just we just you know turn it over to musicians on Sunday cool. nights. Yeah, yeah. Where are you guys at? We are we are uh, we're in the Poplar Perkins area. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Between Perkins and Colonial, right there on Poplar, across from yep, yep. across from uh, the Schlaskis. Yep. We're in Charlie Rich's old studio. Really? Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah, it's Silver Fox Records. Yeah, this was okay. Silver Fox. Yeah, you gotta respect that. Yeah, man, it's pretty cool. There's a lot of mojo in here. <laughs> that, yes, there is. That that there is. Um, I want to play. I want to play a record off the uh, a, a single off of the uh, off the off the record. If you don't mind. Cool. Uh, what I can do is I can put you on hold so you can kind of hear what's up. Uh, do Do you have one in mind you want to start with?
3: Man, I don't know. What, have you guys heard the record yet? I mean, uh, any ones you like?
1: I've heard. A, I've heard a little bit of it. I've got four tunes here that was sent to me, so I don't have the complete thing. But um, what do you have? I have Hangman, Ain't That the Blues, Too Rich, and the Walmart Tune. Let's do. Uh, let's do Hangman first. Well, uh, Hangman, Woman. Is, yeah, right on. All right. Well, yeah. uh, let's let's get into it. We'll come back and we'll chat about it. How's that? Thanks, man. All right, Clint Howard, right here. Or Clint Howard, Clint Morgan, right here at Radio <laughs> Memphis. <laughs>
5: She comes by every week or two To see what's left of me She's my hangman woman
1: That one's kind of cool there. A little Ooh, swinging rope, yeah. The wow. nice hanging sound. Yeah, I love that. That's, that's brilliant. <laughs> was that was that one of those things? Was it was it an afterthought while I, while, while no, you were making it?
3: No, I, I like to stick that stuff every if you know most of my tunes. i not most of them, but a lot of them. All, if I think of something, I'll throw it in. Uh, I, I feel like every song is a story, you know. So whatever contributes to the story.
1: Oh my oh, god! Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. that's 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 sort of the beauty of songwriting, isn't it?
3: Yeah, for me.
1: Is that your approach? You just say I want to tell a story about something yeah. and then you just and go into yeah. it.
3: People always say, you know, did you, you know, they always think it's, you know, they always think it's autobiographical and I think I said, look, guys, do you think that Johnny Cash really
1: Shot him in arena just to watch
4: him die. Right, and right. it
1: would be a lot cooler if he did. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. But, 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 yeah, no. I think Johnny Paycheck
4: did that, right? Probably, probably
1: right so. Did. Probably so. Uh, the, new, the new record is Troublemaker is uh, from Clint Morgan, and it will be uh, coming out this Friday. Is that right? Uh, yeah. 16. Right on. Uh, available where sold, or you have a particular place you'd like to send folks uh, to get nah, it? No, if we're sold. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, all over the place. Yeah, well, of course. You're, it's is it available through now. your website as well? ClintMorganMusic Yep, I've got a,
3: It's going to be on Amazon, iTunes, Spotify, all the all the normal places.
1: All the places, far out. That's uh, that is awesome. So, uh, yeah, back back to the uh, the whole songwriting thing. Uh, you know, with blues, you know, a lot of a lot of the cats that we've we've spoken with over the years, they do try and they they are. A bit autobiographical, even if it's somewhat stretched. Right, right. right. <laughs> you yes. know, so yes. you know, rock and roll is always about some sort of weird fantasy, and then yeah. country is God knows what the hell that is, and yeah. you know, but and blues tends to lend itself a little bit more to reality. Yeah, it seems. Yeah, that, well, blues and roots music. I think. I think if you right. listen to the old school,
3: old timey stuff that came out of Appalachia back in the day, it was also the same thing. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, to me, that kind of stuff is all more class based than anything else.
4: Mm, sure. and,
3: and people talking about their issues with the man and their issues with their life and their issues with whatever, you know. Um, so there's, there's a lot of similarities there.
1: Um, you have Appalachian roots yourself, don't you? Uh, back in the day, yeah.
3: My uh, my my great-grandpa was from uh, Scott County, Virginia, and they lived there for generations, and then they gradually migrated out to the West Coast. Uh, my dad was the first one that was born here in the West Coast.
1: Uh, oh, wow. oh, wow.
3: Up in the hills, you know, up in the Cascades. Cascade Mountains, and um, that's yeah. But before that, they were they were all back there.
1: That's an interesting slice of humanity mm-hmm. uh, up there in the Appalachians. Yeah, yeah. That's just a whole different mindset and a whole different way yeah. of life. Yeah. I mean, I get that. I mean, because these are people from the hills, you know.
3: Yeah. Well, it's really funny because um, I w- first time I went back there, I was down in uh, in southwestern Virginia. I'm walking around these little towns I feel like I'm back in Washington because I mean it's funny I can see why they came out here because it was so except for the, the trees are evergreens everything else is the same the terrain right. is the same the mountains the valleys the rivers the whole thing and it's like uh, I can see why they came out here because it's just like home
1: yeah well Where, there's a certain I guess comfort to that I suppose but I guess, you, yeah, know, whatever, you know whatever Whatever works I, I would imagine Yeah. Um, uh, so when you're, when you're writing this music are you are you are you just scripting out the whole thing? as just as it like is as, as it comes and you just take it to the rest of the band, or is it a collaborative effort at any point, or is it just all you all the time?
3: No, I I do all this I do this all, all stuff all myself. And um, in fact, I'm not sure. I was I, I was thinking it'd be fun to write songs. People, I'm not sure how you do it. Um, I, I, I guess uh, I've never really collaborated on something like that. I think it'd be fun to try. Yeah. But with me, I I'll, like like I had a, a friend tell me his his. his uh, Girlfriend had a heart like a noose, and I wrote that down. Yeah. Now one line, I wrote a whole song about it, and I thought, okay. And then, uh, uh, like a phrase will come, or something will come, and then I'll stop what I'm doing and start writing. And uh, I've got, you know, it's the, the weird thing is too, is I write these songs on my phone usually. Yeah. I've got a, <laughs> I know, Right. I'm yeah. I'm not a tech guy, but I'm writing these songs on my on my, on my telephone, and I've got a, I've got, uh, I was looking it, I've got another thirty five. the, the the the, uh, the seeds of another thirty five songs on my phone from phrases or right. something that, that have come to me you know um, and um, that I'm kind of working on
1: yeah that's uh, that I've I've heard from several other songwriters that have that they'll have bits and pieces of you know a, a phrase or even a, a just a, or a turn of a phrase or something mm-hmm. they've overheard yeah. and yeah. you wonder have do do all I guess all of them have the potential to turn into a full song in and of themselves, but has there been a point where they may have combined a couple of other ideas together?
3: Oh, yeah. Like I, uh, um, I wrote, this a song I think you've got, it's called Ain't That the Blues, and there's this phrase in there that says, uh, where the doctor tells the guy, he says, now he says you're all used up. And I got that line from that, that old movie Touch of Evil where uh, Marlena Dietrich tells Orson Welles, you don't have a future, your future's all used up. And so you know you get little snatches and phrases of things that you've heard, and you think, oh, that's that's cool, and you write it down and you use it. So,
1: wow. Yeah. Wow. So are you are you actually uh, drawing out the uh, uh, the sheet music as well, the charts?
3: No. I uh, w- what I do is I uh, um, I'll, t- I'll tell them the, the gr- I I'll do the, I'll write the words for me. The words come first. Sure. And then and then the groove, and then I tell them the groove I want. I tell them the chord structure I want. And I'll tell them the instrumentation that I want, and then I just, and then I'll let the the Nashville dudes do their Nashville numbering thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It's like hieroglyphics to me. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, and then they'll put it down. Then we'll then we'll kind of run down the studio, and a lot of times I like I like repeat. I like primitive music for some reason. I don't know what it is, but too many chords I get confused. I guess. And so um, <laughs> <laughs> I like primitive themes and primitive sounds. And so. <laughs> and so I like I like repeating phrases like that last song he just played had a had a riff that, that was that was throughout the whole song. I, I like that kind of stuff. Sure, I'll tell them I'll tell him I want that to be like, and they will you know, and then we just work it out.
1: Yeah, that Nashville numbering thing you mentioned, I, I remember reading about that, hearing about it before, and I was like, it's like it's. A- there's, you know, the standard sheet music language that it that it is, but the Nashville numbering thing is like a dialect of that. It's oh, yeah. really yeah, oh, bizarre.
3: Yeah. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it written down, but I mean, these, none of these cats use regular sheet music. It's almost <laughs> Nashville numbering stuff, and um, really, it's really amazing to look at. and holy cow! You
1: know, it's fascinating, and they all they all get a good grip on how so, it works. Out. So yeah. What I'm used to seeing is uh, lead sheets. With yeah. like chord charts and the melody, and like yeah. oh, a like a fake book type of thing. Nope. Yeah, it's sort of sort of like a fake book thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, nope, none I, of that, man. They, I, I mean, the last
3: three records I did, I, I've done none of that.
1: Oh God, because I I've written out lead sheets to work with people that didn't yeah. they didn't really read music, but they read just enough. And he was used to lead sheets. I did a gig with this guy, who was. He actually played keys with the Glenn Miller Orchestra. He was an old dude, too. Well, there you go.
3: It's, it's uh, it's, it's you know, I think it depends on the genre, right? Yeah,
1: I guess so. And I, I wrote out a bunch of lead sheets for him and took him to the gig. And I was like, here, these are the songs I want to do. And he goes, where'd you get these? I said, I wrote them out for you. Wow. <laughs> he was like, man, these look great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a true Yeah,
4: because I, 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 I'm not,
1: I, honestly, I'm not familiar with the Nashville numbering thing. Oh, yeah. look it up. It'll blow your mind. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It, it's like I said, it's like another language in a weird sort of way. Oh yeah,
3: there's diamonds and triangles and little marks, and it's like really, yeah. it's okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's there's like a really weird history behind it, but it's you know hey whatever works, so you know that's what it's gets a you. Shortcut
3: through. for read music, I guess. Well, I've I, I yeah. I, I heard that Charlie McCoy, the harp player, was when they came up with it was at least instrumental in getting it going national. I am not know if that's true or not, but that's what I've heard.
1: It it would, wow, wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you try that here in Memphis, and they're going to look at you like, "What the hell is this?" Yeah. yeah, right, right. right. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> hey, just tell me what key and what's the progression, man. That's right. how, That's, that's, that's right. all you need to know. Yeah, all right. Yeah. What bushes of what buttons have I got to mush down here to make it happen?
4: <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> so, with uh, with the pandemic coming uh, somewhat to a close, are, are you are you getting some designs on getting out on the road any of this this year? Probably. Or? I'm
3: I'm starting to look at it. I, I did a, I did some private shows last weekend. I'm starting to do some more private stuff. Um, I'm kind of got my ear to the ground for other things. It's kind of weird to release a record when you don't tour, right? Right. But uh, I thought, what the heck, let's just do it. I mean, and so And see what works out. And so um, I'm starting to snoop around there and see what's out there. I do all my own stuff, and so I don't want anybody doing it for me. So I'm going to wait and see what happens. I'm going down to Americana Fest in uh, September in Nashville and see what, you know, I've got some people on there I'm going to talk to and see if I can get something going. But I've been kind of taking it easy, taking it slow, um, not trying not to panic. <laughs> and uh, as
1: things open yeah. up. We'll see what happens. Yeah, there was there was a there was a bit of panic down in these parts when uh, all of last year. And oh yeah, uh, we we yeah, we were talking to various musicians, you know, through uh, through the phones and whatnot. And and there were there was a fear, like you know, we're going to be forgotten if we if we don't. Keep doing something, so they were they were turning to things like uh, the Facebook Live yep. deal, right? Right. Yep. A lot of that stuff. There happened. was some One other
3: guys are yeah. busking them. They're out in parks and stuff, but socially distancing and right. busking for a living you now. Yeah, and it, I think it worked for a while, but I'm not sure. I, I don't know how much you know that kind of approach has legs these days. I
1: don't know. Well, I mean, right. it might buy you a sandwich and a cup of coffee, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> who, who, did you do any of the streaming yourself? No, I didn't. Yeah,
3: you're probably. I'm not, I'm, you know, I, I'm a dinosaur. I, I probably should be more adept at that stuff. I'm just
1: not. I, you know, don't don't sweat it. You're not. You're not. Uh, you're not missing anything. <laughs> I, look, I look at think, Holy cow! I don't even want to figure these figures out. Yeah. What, what am I doing? You know yeah. exactly. Is it, if is I'm a, a farm boy. What what is this stuff? Well, you know, you get to that point in life that you know when you when you finally do what it is that you enjoy doing. Of course, they always say you never work a day in your life. But uh, at this, there comes a point too where you just—and I've—I've—I've I've heard this conversation with some other musicians here. I was like, "What am I going to do? I, am I going to have to like stop being a musician and go work in a warehouse? Or am I going to go yeah. sack groceries? What am I going to do? Uh, That's all I've ever known to do, and right. that, that fear became palpable. I mean, you could—you yeah. could feel it.
3: Well, it's even worse because the, the, people think the venues aren't going to be there when, when when this is over. The venues are going to be gone, and so. Um, but I don't, you know, I, my thought is, well, gosh, I, I'm hoping the market's going to take care of that. If people still want to listen to music and still want to, you know, eat and drink... That there's going to be somebody that's saying, okay, let's open these, let's open things back up again. I'm hoping that's what's
1: going to happen, right? Well, we're seeing that here. Uh, there's more and more places that are opening back up. I don't know. Beale went through this whole weird, uh, we're open for a little while, then we're not, and then they finally right. kind of brought it back to where it's supposed to be, but there's still a lot of fear amongst the patrons themselves. They don't know if they want to get out into that sea of humanity right. and get exposed right. to something that they could have gotten shot for.
3: Yeah, I was down there for some of that. I was like, holy cow, look at this place. I was in Vegas last December, and I I, I I, uh, I could, there was, you could have fired a Canada down the strip and not, and not hit anybody. Wow. I took oh. some pictures. I mean, I've never seen the Vegas strip completely deserted.
1: Yeah, in a that's, car. That's, that's creepy, real, isn't it? Like post-apocalyptic or something. Um, that's, uh, I have, uh, I have the tune. We mentioned it earlier. Uh, Ain't that the blues? Uh, let's play that one. Okay, great. Um, and then we'll we'll chat about that.
4: All right. Okay, sounds good.
1: All right, here it is. Okay. It's Clint Morgan, right here at Radio Memphis.
5: Old man time has got me. He's about to lay me low. My chest has slid so far down south, it's got its own zip code. My heart is palpitations. I can't hardly walk a step. I wish I had a baseball man to so help me catch my breath. Ain't got the blues. Ain't that the blues to tell the truth. Ain't that the blues? Lord, ain't that blue enough for you? So I had my doctor check me out. He said, boy, your lungs are shredded weak. Your pump ain't hardly pumping. And your liver's like Swiss cheese. Your prostate's as big as a bowling ball. And both your kidneys leak. Well, I'd have told you you had a week to live. If you'd have come in last week He said, son, you're all used up I said, ain't there something you can do? I I think I need another opinion He said, alright, you're ugly too Ain't that the blues Mm, Ain't that the blues to tell the truth Ain't that the blues Ain't that blue enough for you Ain't that blue enough for you? Listen to me now. Every night I sleep sleep like like a baby. baby. And here's the reason why I wake up every couple hours. And I suck on a bottle and cry. Ain't that the blues? Lord, ain't that the blues to tell the truth? Ain't that the blues? Ain't that blue enough for you? Ain't
1: that the blues? Ain't that blue enough for you? Clint Morgan, Radio Evis, ain't that the blues from the new Troublemaker record? Clint's on the phone. Clint, uh, I I think it'd be safe to say that you're influenced a little bit by Johnny Cash. (laughs) You know, everybody says
3: that. Yeah. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) You know, people say that my voice sounds like Cassius and I go, "Well, I I, yeah, I never even until people started saying that, I never even thought
1: about it. Well, and you know, I think it's the phrasing. I think yeah. it's it, yeah, you, you know, you're you I can see where people might say that, hey, your voice oh, man, sounds like Johnny, I get but it all the time. But but you know, Johnny had a very unique style of phrasing, as do you. I mean, it's right. That's that's why I wouldn't take. Well, it as I guess bad. that's a
3: compliment, right? Well,
1: I don't, yeah, man.
3: Because well, my mom hated Johnny Cash; she called him old three note.
1: <laughs> oh three oh
3: God, <laughs> but that triggers to me, you guys. I'm starting to suck my thumb here.
1: <laughs> you know what? She's not wrong. <laughs> I'm I'm with her on Do this. Need Martin Gal. <laughs> well, you know, there I I can honestly think of a lot of musicians out there that that I'm fans of that. We're not great singers. Bob Dylan being one. Oh, yeah. You know, he's a prolific, fantastic writer, but, man, I, I don't want to hear him sing. Well, it
3: depends on what voice you get, too.
1: There's that. Right, I mean, right. Gee. Well, now that's true. There's some stuff that he does that's really by him. That lends itself that to That lends it, itself, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And the same thing with Cash, man. You go back and there's stuff. I wouldn't yeah. want to hear it by anybody else. but Yeah, that's true.
3: But, but it's, it's <laughs> kind of funny. People started saying that, and so I started... I started singing along with some of the stuff on on my uh, you know on my CD collection or whatever, and I guess his vocal range is I'm, my voice is comfortable where, where his voice is. Right. So right. I think I think which I'd never even realized. I thought, hum, well, maybe they're right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
1: Just don't, don't don't pick up a pill habit along the way, if you would. That would be yeah, right. That's a, <laughs> don't pick up a pill habit. Oh, along yeah. The way, you know? <laughs> yeah. Of course, it never really hurt him, did it? He lived to be well, a, not, a, an yeah. ancient guy. But well, I, I I don't know. He's only seventy-two
3: or something. He's looking younger every day, you guys.
1: Oh wow. Well, uh, yeah. You know, yes, it is. <laughs> there is that. So when you uh, when as as you're writing music and performing, how often does uh, does your music uh, evolve, or does it? For, I know some songs don't, and then some do. What is it with you? You mean,
3: you mean like, over the, the song years, itself, does yeah. it evolve?
1: Yeah, does it evolve? No. I don't believe in evolution. <laughs> <laughs> you creationist bastard, you. <laughs> I think progress is overrated. Yeah, I mean, progress is way overrated. <laughs> it is. <you> know? It <laughs> is. If it's one thing we've learned over the past five years now. It is that progress is sort of pointless.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man! Well, yeah, you I'll throw in some different instrumentation and stuff, but uh, the, it, thematically it stays the same. And 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 once in a while I'll, I'll you know add lip some stuff, but generally sure. it's the same framework,
1: you know. Oh so, well, well, yeah, you know, it, it's it, you would. Th- on the surface, for a lot of people, you would think that the, you know, the songs just stay the same. You, you get into the studio, you lay the stuff right. out, you, you, put, you put all that framework together, and then release this beast into the world. Right, right. And there it is, for all of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
3: then you get well, out of... Well, another thing, too, is the fans, um, you know, if you, go, if you go to a concert and, and, the, and the, they come out and they play your favorite song totally different, you feel like you've been cheated.
4: Right, and right.
3: That's weird. I mean, it's it true. I mean, I've done it myself. I'll go out and they'll play a song. And, go, that's not how you did it on the record. <laughs> you know?
1: Right. What yeah, are you doing
3: yeah. to my song?
1: You know? Oh, yeah. It's like when you go to an Eagles concert. You might as well just stay home and listen to the record.
3: I know. Well, hey, how many times have we thought that after we left the concert? With the money I spent on that, I could have bought their whole CD collection. I should have just stay at home.
1: Right, right. Right. Oh, yeah. I went to one Eagles show and I was thoroughly disappointed. Yeah. And, and you know, I I have to... That I I prefer going to a show where they don't do it like the record. Well, that's the whole point. Because I want to hear some creativity. Yeah. And I've seen guys like uh, uh, one of our favorite guitarists, uh, Sturgis Nikitas from Lost Society. And I was privileged to be over at American Studios when he was recording, I forget which, which one it was. And he was laying down one of the solos. And when he got done with it and he was listening to it, he said, Nope. I put it all out there. I need to dial it back and save something for the stage. Ah, nice. And I thought, well, that's a that's an I impressive moment of bravado. Yes, bottle. it is. It really is. Nice. Because it was a hell of a solo too. I mean, he yeah. tore that thing up. I was like, wow, that's really good. And he goes, yeah, I need to save that for the stage. I can't just. So pick what
3: What's up. you guys' favorite concert you've been to?
1: Steely Dan. Oh, Steely yeah. Dan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got to say Dan. that's that's probably one of my top three i've seen that i saw them three times in concert yeah i'm sort of spoiled by it though clint because you know every every week i've got i've got a different band in the studio and they're performing live so you know they're they're kind of all my favorite right you know especially from around here and man we get to spend some time with uh some legendary folks and people that come from legendary back we had rod bland down here bobby blue Bland's son Mm-hmm. And uh, he's got this new record coming out this week uh, with the Members Only Band. And we we played some of the cuts off of that. And we chatted with him about his dad and the influence of how big Bobby Blue Bland really was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was eye-opening. It really was. You know, when you get into the, you know, what's it like around the house and how, what kind of other musicians were influenced by the stuff that his father did. Right, right.
4: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. You know, that's that's you know that's a, what what about you? Which which what would you say is your favorite act?
3: Uh, well favorite well, I've just, boy, I've been to a lot, let me think. One that stands out in my mind, um, I was down for Jerry Lee's sixty fifth birthday party. They had it at the ballroom oh, right. at the uh, holiday end yeah. in Memphis. Yes. And that was the night that Jerry Lee wanted to prove he wasn't old. And um, so three hours later. <laughs> they uh they shut the hotel management shut the concert down because people were couldn't sleep in the hotel rooms it was so crazy.
4: Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, you know, really? Yeah.
3: Yeah, that was something else. And That's then hilarious. Uh, and then on the, on the other side of this of the spectrum, um watching Tony and Joe White and his drummer mm-hmm. just the two of them. Mm-hmm. Like unbelievable. I mean <laughs> Tony Joe was something else, man.
1: Um so um Double McClinton yeah. is another
3: Double one. E. Hooker, I, saw him, I saw him in oh. a little tiny little club. He came up here one time back in the eighties. Yeah. And there's probably fifteen of us in the room. And uh, you know, boy, that was something.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, because you're you're in the presence of somebody who makes it so effortless, you know. Yeah. And even whether you're a musician or not, you can you can really uh, respect that, you know. It's yeah. watching somebody just perform their craft like mm-hmm. that without without breaking a sweat. It's, it's well, wow! I,
3: I, I'll tell you another. i tell you another moment. I mean, you you've never had a uh, raucous con- uh, concert moment. So you've been in the in, the, in the, on stage with Ray Wiley Hubbard singing "Screw oh. You." were from Texas.
1: Oh, I love Ray Wiley. Texas yes. York. Oh my I mean, God. <laughs> he comes through here from time to time, and it's a hell of a show. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> It, yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, redneck mother and all of it, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah man. Uh, and then, of course, there's, you know, uh, the other fun guy, uh, David Allen Coe, if you're if oh, you're man. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you're lubricated up for that. Oh, yeah. I've met him a couple times. Jesus yeah. <laughs> he is, man. He really Holy is. Holy cow. Are you uh, are you are you planning out the uh, the follow up to this record or is it too soon to even think about it?
3: Uh, you know, well, like I said, I got, I got I probably got another half dozen songs already totally written. Yeah. And um, you know, and my first my last song uh, my last album "Scuffle" was thematic and it was all like outlaw stuff. Yeah. This one isn't, and I, I kind of like the thematic idea, but I can't um, I can't come up with a, with a theme that really grabs me yet. But I'm just doing some stuff, and we'll see what what develops.
1: Maybe you should write the first blues opera. Hey, well, has, it never, has that not been done? That, that has not been done that I know The only of, one I can man. think of would be Porgy and Bess, and that doesn't really count, does it? No, that's, that's Gershwin. Gershwin. That's Gershwin. It's not a blues that's opera. Not, right. No, no, that's Gershwin. That's straight up Broadway. So if BBC Handy never did one? No. Not that I know of. Hmm. No, because, you know. Hey, the, Clint, maybe we need to collaborate on something, man. <laughs> here you go.
4: Here's your collaboration project, right dude, here. dude.
1: <laughs> I would be down for
4: that. Wow, the first Blues
1: opera. Well, think hey, about it. The Who had a lot of success with a rock opera. They did right. a couple of them. And Tommy I and and Weber with J C Superstar. Yeah, you know that was oh. an early rock opera. Yeah, yeah but, that's cool. So maybe a blues opera. You find a I don't know. A, there's got to be a ton of stories that could be told around that. Yeah, you know? no
3: kidding. I heard a cool. I mean, the, I mean, Book of White one si- one time said something about Memphis Minnie. He said she was the she was the best thing going in the woman line. I think, holy cow, that's a line for a song right there. It is. <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm trying to write a song around that yeah. line. You know, <laughs> She was the best thing going in the woman
1: line. Man, that's that's fantastic. We, I know it. That's so cool. <laughs> it is. LJ and I have talked about um, the fact that nobody has, I think, done a very complete story of oh, yes. Robert Johnson.
3: You mean oh, you mean like a like
1: like a film or even a, you? I mean, then you've got it, all the talk offshoot. about a, an opera around that kind right, of thing. right. Yeah, but
3: they, they've got you know they've got um, they've got probably two or three documentaries I can think of on them. right. You're, yeah. talking about an, you're talking about you're talking about actual story? an actual yeah, story. I mean,
1: the closest thing that comes to it that I can think of, and it's not even that close, is mm-hmm. just the fact that they took. The concept of Robert Johnson and turned it into Crossroads with uh, oh, Ralph Macchio yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. and Steve Vai. That's just the yeah. basic story. That's not right. Robert Johnson. That's just some little American white kid <laughs> playing yeah, right. guitar. You oh, know? brother, there art where Art Thou also yeah. dabbled with that? Well, yeah, a that little was bit, almost
3: a Tommy Johnson thing. Yeah, the yeah, Tommy Johnson yeah, thing. Right. Did you guys um, uh, did you guys read that new book that's out called Brother Robert?
1: I've seen. This is the third photograph. The the yeah
3: yeah. It's got that on the cover.
1: Yes, yeah, and awesome I don't book. I, I, yeah, I've seen. It, I haven't read it yet, but in I understand it
3: down there. Um, you know, the the his stepsister uh, revealed that this one house down there in on in the South Main area that is still standing, abandoned, was where he lived when he was in Memphis. Oh. He had a whole life in Memphis that we never knew about. And uh, and and there's a I think there's a YouTube video for a walk around saying this place should be a museum and I agree I'm thinking holy cow man because I've I've driven down there a couple times every time I'm in town I swing by to see if it's still standing you know I'm yeah, well, gonna yeah. buy this building and secure it man see, and turn it into a museum and maybe even a little venue because it's two stories it's big enough yeah and uh, somebody should do something
1: like South Main close to Lamar area uh it's
3: on I think it's on
1: Carolina
3: on Carolina uh, okay you go you go to the South Main area and then you. You, you uh, as you're heading south, you hang a left, and it's back in those little neighborhoods down in there. It's probably it's probably uh, five minutes from the Blues Foundation building.
1: Oh my yeah. God! Oh, yeah, man. you're right. All that right. does need to be preserved. Yeah, yeah I, it's
3: right there. And I, so I'm thinking, geez, I mean, right down by, I'm mean, at borders on the back of borders on, I think on the railroad tracks down there.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: And I'm thinking, man, somebody should do this, or something bad happens. You know, in the building.
1: Clint, I, oh. I, I lived in a house uh, back in Texas. That was the house that Barry White was born in. Really? And in Galveston, because he, he's from Galveston. He's a native Galvestonian. Uh-huh. And I kept thinking, it's just a, it was just an old shotgun house, yeah. you know? And I thought, yeah. oh my God, somebody needs to do something with this house. Preserve it, yeah. Preserve this yeah. house. This is the house that he was born in. Yeah. And I was thinking the same thing. It was like, man, they need to turn this into something, Barry White Studios or something. Yeah, so, I don't I know what they... So while well, you were, I mean,
3: these places are you know they've got history and we lose them. Well, right, these people don't preserve them. It makes me crazy. I remember when they preserved Ma Rainey's house and that kind of stuff, and the Memphis Slim's house down there. Yeah, in Memphis, and they preserved that place. That gives it's some kind of a place for kids now, which is
1: awesome. They're trying to get a monument put together for Furry Lewis.
3: Well, that's good. They're gonna put it
1: on Beale. I think near there. It's because uh, I think he lived where the FedEx Forum is now. There was, right. there was a little neighborhood there and I think he lived there if, if I understood what Mark Caldwell was trying to tell mm-hmm. me but they've been trying to work that up for a while now yeah, yeah. That's cool. yeah. and they need to I mean you know Furry's yeah. uh, he's an institution right him and his 10 yeah. high bourbon and his guitar always in the long shot <laughs> oh. That's the way yep. that works um, Louis man how about another tune uh, Too Rich to Sing the Blues sure now no, let me tell you about
3: this. <laughs> I figured this song is going to get me in trouble okay uh, Um
1: <laughs> So we've got but, to preface you know,
3: this it, is yeah. my observation about uh, all these college-educated, upper-middle-class types that are singing roots music, and so, uh, um, and I, and I, and, uh, while well, I respect it. I mean, they love the music, and that's awesome. I, I, I wonder if they uh, understand, if they, if they feel it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um,
1: There's a certain name that- roots,
3: the This. These genres are born of hard times. Yes, and I I, I just wonder. So anyway, that's I,
1: what this is about. I'm I'm with you on that because there's I, I'm not going to name any names right now, but there's a guy that's currently working that I and a lot of musicians are like, why is this guy famous? Hmm. I think you know who I'm going with. Uh, I don't actually, but it's a bunch of them. <laughs> yeah, well, um, he 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 plays very very well. Technically, oh, he's a great yes. musician. No, I do know who you're talking about, and no, he's great. But he has no, there's no feeling, there's, there's no, no soul, there's no soul, no man. no soul. No, man. Yes. No soul. And,
3: and this is why I like, this is why I like Memphis instead of Nashville, as far as and uh, Nashville's full of great players and full of great pickers and and, and uh, if you exactly. want exactly, you know, but 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 it, it's not greasy, man. No, no, no. Memphis is
1: greasy. Yeah, Nashville's <laughs> an eight to five punch clock town. You know.
3: Heck
1: yeah. I, you know when I looked. At, at moving here, Nashville is one of the places that I looked at. And as far as cost of living and, and everything, I decided on Memphis. Yeah. And I don't regret it because the music community here is different, even from the music community in Houston. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've heard about the whole Nashville... Thing. Yeah, and there's a there's a weird rivalry. It's there is a weird rivalry there. It's not angry. It's just no. sort of like okay, you're because Nashville artists do well in Memphis yeah. and vice versa. Yeah. Right, right. But yeah. if, you, if you're going to come in here and try to play the blues without any soul, you're no, you know. And I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. The guy, the guy. I think that a lot of I people know have trouble with about. is Joe Bonamassa. Right. right. I
3: figured that might be who you're talking
1: about. Yeah, and and, and I, is, technically, he's a great right. player. He is fantastic. Yeah, but. I mean, I, it's just I, yeah. Just absent of that soul. So I get what you're saying about Too Rich to Sing the Blues, yeah, because that's that—that's a thing. <laughs> that is. Yeah. It is, yeah. man. Yeah. Well, well, let's hear it. We'll come back and we'll chat a bit more. Clint Morgan is here. Right. Uh, here's the tune, Too Rich to Sing the Blues, right above us.
5: Choose, the Gucci's or the Louis Vuittons, Man, it's so hard to choose Cause I'm too rich, people Getting too rich to sing the blues I could sing like Lightning Hopkins But I spend like Howard Hughes I started walking to the crossroads I was going to thumb a ride And I went back to my garage Cause I got a Mercedes Benz inside Cause I'm too rich, people I'm getting too rich to sing the blues You know I can play like Pine Top Perkins But I live like Howard Hughes I sit in my jacuzzi Watch the sun go down and try to write a song about how my baby runs around. Yeah, I sit in my jacuzzi on my hill above the town. Now, where's that little maid to give me my rub down? about being a man But I'm too busy buying stocks for my retirement plan Cause I'm too rich Too rich to sing the blues Yeah, I get picked like John Lee Hooker But I live like Howard Hughes The sky is crying tears are running down the street I'm not sure what the problem is Things look pretty good to me Cause I'm too rich, people Getting too rich to sing the blues Well, I can blow like little Walter But I spend like Howard Hughes Listen to me, people like
1: Willie Dixon, but I live like Howard Hughes. Yeah, too rich to sing the blues or Cliff <laughs> Morgan. It. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's That's uh, a common theme these days, it seems. I it know, Doug kind of McLeod is, has man. one that's similar to that. Yeah. And Eric Hughes who does, has. Who else does? Doug McLeod. Oh, uh, does he? Yeah, he does. And I, I, I'd i have to look. Man, yeah, up the and name Eric. Of it. Eric's got one. Eric Hughes.
3: Elmore Magazine did a premiere of.
1: Last week, on, and that was the song they picked. Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, Eric Hughes uh, has one called "Midtown Blues." Midtown Blues, yeah, about the hipsters. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah, Eric is great. He's 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 a great dude. But uh, uh, yeah, all these songs that you've heard uh, are from the Troublemaker record. It comes out this Friday, the sixteenth of July. Available where sold. Uh, You need to add that to your collection, Clint. I appreciate you taking the time to spend with us here. I
3: appreciate you guys uh, having me on.
1: Uh, let's work it out and get you down in here and uh, we'll build a band around you if we have to cool. and, and, cool. Uh, and it, we, oh hell yeah we get Willie cool. Hall down here to play some drums for you how about yeah. that awesome I don't know if you ever played with Willie but you know he's you know who Willie Hall is don't you yes oh, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah yeah, a lot of people go what really <laughs> <laughs> yeah he he comes in he infests the studio and we can't get rid of him you know nice. <laughs> we love Willie yeah Willie's great uh, but, uh, but yeah Clint thank you so very much man you bet
5: Hi, this is Rev. Oma from The Broom Closet Metaphysical Shop. A lot of us are making time to deepen our spiritual paths. The Broom Closet has a wide selection of books on spiritual topics and a huge selection of tarot and oracle cards for connecting with spirit and our higher selves. You can choose from our vast selection of gemstones, crystals, and crystal jewelry to enhance your spiritual journey. Check out our mindful living gifts and home decor to complete your sacred space. Visit us in downtown Memphis or online at
4: TheBroomClosetMemphis.com.
0: Here's what's coming up on the next episode from Radioland with Rick Cheddar. Rod Bland and some of
1: the members-only band are in here. Who's missing? Quite a few. <laughs> <laughs> you have a, it's a big band. Quite a, quite a few members. Um, uh, one of my vocalists, Jerome Chisholm, uh, our illustrious keyboard player and also vocalist, Chris Stevenson. Uh, Jackie Clark, our bassist, Harold Smith, our guitar player, and Kirk Smothers, our sax player, but, ah, Paul McKinney, our trumpet player, but I'm fortunate to have with me one of my co-vocalists, Ashton Riker. and last but not least, uh, Sky and I have been playing together music for years, including with my father, my conductor, if you will, Mark Franklin on trumpet.
0: Yeah. For previous episodes, go to Radio-Memphis.com. To download episodes to your mobile device, search the show in iTunes, Player.fm, Stitcher.com, Pocket Cast, or TuneIn. And now, here's more with Rick Cheddar from Radioland. There you go. You heard what's
1: coming up next time. A conversation with Mr. Rod Bland. That's Bobby Blue Bland's son. Uh, it's a history lesson. It's a lot of fun. Rod's a great cat, and we just had we had so much fun uh, with with everything that we did there. So, so that's coming up next time here on on the old program. Because yes, I'll be back next week. You know, seven and a half years. <laughs> this show has been on for seven and a half years, and uh, only one time did I miss a week, and that was last week. Isn't that something? I don't know if that's just if that's a decent work ethic, or is it just stupid. job bro take some time off every once in a while yeah well yeah that's uh, you know come on i'm a busy guy got things to do and this is one of them yeah (laughs) so thank you for pointing that out yeah yeah you got a lot of things to do too you know you got this you know you you can't neglect your people in radio land there because you know there's some people that actually kind of dig this thing i don't know why oh i know why because the people that that at iHeartRadio would suffer if i didn't bring them good quality content poaching bastards which is what they did <laughs> yeah there's a lot of ways you can catch this show my friends it's available wherever you get your podcast it also also broadcast on wednesday nights at midnight central time at radio-memphis.com it follows the spud goodman show uh which if you've never heard that it's that's a that's a blast too and uh it's now available on uh iheart i never submitted it there I know, I know quite a few broadcasters that wanted to get their show up there, but iHeart said no, thank you, no, thank you, we're not taking your submission. No, we're not doing you. You're good. You're not bad. And then they come to me and they go, oh, we'll just steal this one. <laughs> Man, you're harping on this a lot. Yeah, you're right. I am. I absolutely am. I, I I worked with this company. I worked for them for what thirteen years. And uh, yeah. Uh... <laughs> what what. I know. I'm just glad I have this because that's, that's all. That's all that really matters to me. So anyway, you heard what's coming up next time on the program. Uh, I'm done. I'm out of here. Y'all be sweet. Uh, until next time, please take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. And for God's sake, stop shooting each other, all right? I'm Rick Cheddar, and this has been from Radioland.